Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in, guys. Along for the ride on a Monday that is not a victory Monday. That's why I'm going to say it. Trying to find a better way to say it. We've been talking. If you've been listening to the radio station all day long, you've you've certainly heard uh, your takes, our takes. We're going to open up the phone lines and let you weigh in today. You deserve that. Uh, we're also going to weigh in as well. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carlion, Lauren Brooks, and R.J. Saunders on the program. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Our Monday's always brought to you by our friends at The Best Bet. Uh, the best place to have fun around here is The Best Bet. Want to go first? Sure. Want to go first? Want to go second? Sure. <laughs> it looks like I'm trying to stall, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm stalling. Uh, um, uh, listen, all today's show will be, be about the Jaguars. And and I'm and I and I have done this 36 years, and widely recognize the fact that I'm sugarcoat Sam, and I've been sugarcoat Sam forever. Um, this one's hard to sugarcoat. It was a the, the last six games were a very disappointing end to a season that started with so much promise. So I got a lot of thoughts, but you go. And you well, wrote a great column on it, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. Was very well. Very. I thought the column was very good. Thank you. And and uh, yeah, I mean it. It's it stunk to write it. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. First off, I just feel bad for the fans that I, I've I think the fans had an energy this season, unlike anything that we've seen. And they've always been great. But the fans, I thought, really took it to another level. They were fantastic in Nashville and uh, they deserved better than what this team provided. Uh, this team just didn't have any heart. It also wasn't a very smart team and they've got talent. Uh, and certainly they had some injuries, but at the end of it, they were poorly coached. Uh, it was poorly constructed. And again, part of the column was going back from the very genesis of this season, the very start of the offseason, and going through the moves that were made. And we'll have months to, to dive into all of it, uh, unfortunately. But this is a loss on the whole that you can't get past. You can't, you can't do anything except languish in it and be in agony over it for 245 days until they play meaningful football. Now they'll have OTAs and they'll have, they'll sign free agents and they'll have draft picks and, you know, we'll go watch them in training camp. And I'm sure there'll be moments of excitement, but what happened yesterday is going to be impossible for me to get out of my head until they win games next year in the regular season. So until I see a winning streak, in the 2024 regular season, to me, they've got massive systemic problems that I don't believe are going to get fixed. I don't understand how you play a team, the Titans, that scored three points the week before, and you know they pretty much have two weapons, Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, and that's about it. And you allow them to do what they did and score 28 points. And, yes, you had a chance at the end. You certainly did. But it was too little too late. And the fact that the offense, I think, was was messed up all season long, never got to the point where it should have been. And then we we talked so many good things about the defense. And then when it came time for them to be clutch, they certainly weren't. And so I think, yeah, moving forward, you went from the Elite Eight to a team picking 17th in the draft. And you have questions about your quarterback in addition to everything else. Yeah, I think I, think I agree with so much of what you both said. I think this. This is a uh, – uh, and by the way, Doug Peterson is speaking now. Hayes has a terrific interview, two terrific interviews 
with uh, Tank Bigsby and Devin Lloyd. You'll hear those in the 320 segment. You'll also hear the comments. Uh, we will uh, pull the comments from Doug Peterson. He's speaking now to the media. We want you to hear all those comments. You will hear uh, the significant comments of the head coach. That, that's very important. You'll hear that today on our program, and then you'll have a chance to weigh in as well. You'll get all our thoughts. Too. So so just to set the scene for you, you're going to get all of, all of this from, from, from all of us. Um, having said all that, the uh, uh, what hurts the most is what, 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 what stings the most in this is you started eight and three and lost five out of six. There was no up and down, up and down. And I think more than anything else, that game Sunday, to both your points, felt like the opponent had more urgency than, the, than, than, than this team. That, I think that's what hurt. They were the mo- I, I, I can tell you this, and this is, I'm going to go where I really think the, the, the concern is. But, but the opponent felt like they had more urgency. And where that hurt you, and Hayes, you said it best, and I'm, I want to reiterate what you said. I wish I'd said it first, and Lauren, you kind of said the same thing. I know we talked about it during the break. These Jag fans, they got on those planes and went to Nashville until it was sold out, and then they got in their dang cars and drove to Nashville until the hotels were sold out, and they were all up and down Broadway, and they were wearing that teal, and they were yelling that Duval, and they've done it all year long, and it really is a special fan base. And maybe the Bills and the Cowboys and the Steelers and the Giants and all these other teams feel like they've got great – the 49ers have great fan bases. But I'll take this one over all of them because what this, what this fan base has gone through for three decades, none of them have gone through. None of them have gone through what this group has gone through for three decades. The Bills have been to four Super Bowls. Okay? The Steelers have won a bunch of Super Bowls. The 49ers have won a bunch of Super Bowls. The Cowboys, what this fan base has been through for three decades and never flinched, never freaking flinched. So if you're a Jaguar fan, tip your, uh, raise a glass in, 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 in your own honor because you deserve that. Please don't do it if you're driving. So, but, but, <laughs> but, 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 I, but I really believe that about, the, about this fan base. And God bless all of you for it and, and, how, and how excited you are, how excited you are when we all see you out and about. And, and, and Hayes hit it right on the head. This isn't pandering. This is really truth about this, real true about this fan base. But it looked like there wasn't a sense of urgency. I know they want to win. I know they try. And there's so many areas. Lauren, you brought up the, the the quarterback. I don't know if I'm to a point where there's a question about the quarterback, but I hear you. I get the point. I it's 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 naive to, see, to for that not even to be a question, isn't it? I I hear you. I, I I still think there's a lot of good, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very good player in the league. But there were some inexplicable bad plays. I'm, he probably was playing. He played sore. He played hurt all year. Uh, the miss to Zay Jones on the one the one interception wasn't his fault. The other one was was an inexplicable miss. Um, there are so many key points to the game, and I'm going to get to all the key points in the game in a minute. But in my mind, what derailed this team is because of injury, illness, bad play. These six positions where I thought they really struggled were guard, center, guard, tackle, nose guard, tackle on the defensive side. To me, the six positions – which I think changed their fortunes, in my opinion, were guard, center guard, and the defensive front. I thought the outside linebackers played well. I mean, they had 26, what, 27 sacks between 27 them? and a half. 27 and a half sacks. That's pretty damn good. I thought, I thought Darius Williams had a Pro Bowl year. I thought Tyson Campbell, before he got hurt, played at a good level. I thought the two safeties. Cisco had another big interception yesterday. Rayshon made more plays in the backfield this year than I've ever seen a safety make, I think. Foye Luikun is, is in the he, – he didn't win the tackling title, but he was right there. Um, uh, Devin Lloyd was up and down, but I think Devin's a good player. I thought uh, they 
De- Devon Hamilton got had a, had a health in, issue that he never recovered from. He played, he tried, but he was never the same guy. Foley Fadakasi did not play very well. Roy Robertson Harris didn't play to the level he did a year ago. That and you didn't have a lot of depth there. Hey, you had Gotsis, you had Blackson, you had, but you didn't. But I thought those three guys, and I think the three in the in the offense were worse. I thought I thought Luke Fortner really struggled. I I the 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 video we've all seen now, the quarterback sneak, was a microcosm. I think. I don't think Brandon Sheriff played well. I don't think he's the player he was three or four years ago. And they had a revolving door at left guard because of the injuries and whatnot. And I think I'm not making excuses for Trevor or, or Travis Etienne, but I thought it's hard to play in this league when you aren't good at those two spots. It really is hard to play in this league. Travis Etienne, God bless him for the 1,000-yard season he had because I don't think he had a running lane the whole year. Did he? I mean, I mean, not I, many, and not and, and so, and he still got a thousand yards. Uh, Trevor, Trevor made Trevor made some bad plays, but I, I, I'm not. I think Trevor. I don't think he had clean pockets much of the year. I really don't. I, he may he may had some misses yesterday, but I don't think he had a lot of clean pockets. I really don't. Trevor's got Trevor's instincts have to get better. His instincts. You can't have delay of games as many, as often as he's had those. The quarterback sneak. I know it's worked in other times, but if he didn't check to it, he just did it. So if you watch the Brian Baldinger video, which we think we all saw, Sheriff was pulling. It was an off-tackle play to the right. It was an ISO play to the right that you don't look like it might have been there. Now you don't know because because once Trevor dove, everybody did something different. Uh, Fortner got blown up and it had no chance. And those are instincts. Uh, throwing throwing interceptions in the end zone instead of throwing the ball out of the back of the end zone. The one throwing play, the ball inbounds when throw, you don't have any timeouts. Throwing, the clock's yeah. running. throwing the ball inbounds at the end of the half. Those are instincts that have to get better. Throwing they, the ball short of the first down. Right, throwing the ball short of the first down yesterday. The, correct. That's, Those are instincts yeah. that have to get better. And, and you know what? And it's, it's not a good sign that we all three had an example, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so, so those are things that have to happen. Those are things that have to get better. And with Trevor – uh, with this football team, but I think it's the interior three. So, but I'm going to go through a bunch of things that I think went wrong in this game and the season. And look, this is don't get on fan fan guy for being upset about this one. You were eight and three, you finished one and five, two and four gets you in the playoffs. Two and four. I mean, if you finish two and four, you're in the playoffs. And so, and and, and one of the losses was to a team rival or no rival. I still don't think the Titans are very good. I think the Titans won the game because they played a great game, and Derrick Henry, Henry ran crazy, and they blocked, but they blocked our guys. And so, uh, so no, I, I, this isn't a day to, you know me, I'm always the, you know me, a positive guy, and, well, you didn't see this, and you got to consider this. Not today. Not today. This was a tough loss, and I don't think they'll do that either. What was your, in the locker room, what was the vibe? I mean, oh, you were they, around a They own it. They know that they, they own it. They, they yeah, have owned it. They, they blew it, and uh, they didn't shy away from it. They, you know, certainly they're, you know, you're always going to ask questions. I say always, but a lot of the questions are going to be, you know, there's a little bit of an excuse built into the question, like, well, is it because of this? And, you know, to the player's credit, uh, you know, that there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, grasping at that. It was like, no, we just we just didn't play well when we needed to play well, and uh, yeah, and you know they so the, yeah there was absolute accountability today. Uh, so you're not gonna you know you're not gonna hear any why are you being so hard on us or you know why aren't you focusing on the nine wins? I mean they get that you know this this could have been a special year. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal. We talked about it. How often are you gonna have the kind of depth in your starting lineup? 
that you have because you're not paying Trevor Lawrence big money and take advantage of that. And it looked like they were well on their way to doing that. You know, they were eight and three. We were talking about the quarterbacks they were going to be facing coming up, and we were drooling mm-hmm. because it was like a, um, the opposite of a murderer's row. It couldn't have been more favorable. And they gagged. I mean, this was a choke job, collapse, gag, and everyone in that building knows it. And they're the ones that have to live with it. I mean, you hope that we're sitting here uh, in, in 13 months and we're able to have a conversation about, you know, is it fair to say or, is, you know, could that collapse last season possibly have helped propel them to where we are now? But that's 13 months from now if they even get there. Uh, so it's, uh, it's incredibly disappointing. Um, and, yeah, they, they accept full responsibility for it. I mean, obviously I – have to imagine Doug will as well, but uh, but yeah, in the locker room, the twelve guys that did you know media scrums and uh, you know the couple guys that that I caught up with just one on one, you know, no one was no one was dodging it or making excuses. So they choked, and they know they choked. One of the worst parts for me is watching football all day Saturday, and every single time it felt like it happened every five minutes. They'd show the graphics, of course, of the playoff scenarios. One of them being if the Jaguars lose to the Titans, and I you know, kept thinking, stop saying that. Stop saying that. That's never going to happen. And then now, of course, the Jaguars get to be the laughing stock. It's funny you said that because I didn't I, – I, maybe I didn't watch enough or we were traveling, but everyone was tweeting what you just said with the Jaguars lost, blah, blah, blah. So it must have been everywhere. It was. It yeah. was – like I said, it, they mentioned it a lot, and I get it. Because the Steelers won Saturday. Because, right, right, right. and the right, Steelers right, right. had a path. And, of course, a lot of people know that the Texans have this great quarterback, and so they kept mentioning it for that reason too Saturday night. I get all that. But I just kept thinking, there's no way this team is going to lose to that Titans team. There's no way that no. the Titans are going to have more of a will to win than this team, and that's exactly what happened. I didn't think so either. I, there, there's a lot of times a game will happen, and you'll go back and go, you know, I kind of feared that. I kind of had a bad feeling. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see this one coming. Did you have any? Any? any you no. and I talked. I mean, the, were, look, I, the, the, we we talked right before the game. We ate right before, like right before yeah. kickoff. Oh, I, no, I was shocked yeah. at the result. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Jaguars would win, you know, comfortably 10, 13 points somewhere in there. I didn't think the Titans would score much at all. Keep in mind, they're a week removed from losing to Houston in a game in which they were one of twelve on third down. They ran fifty three plays for one hundred and eighty seven yards, and. They were a million times better than that against the Jaguars because the Jaguars allowed it. That's the only reason it happened, because the Jaguars allowed themselves to be beaten by a bad team. That's the only reason it happened. Tennessee didn't do anything special. Heck, they lined up with an additional blocker. I mean, half the game, the guy's like 61 is reporting eligible. Well, that's when you know you got a broken offense. By the way, I think it was more than half. It might have been. I, I it think, felt like I think it. Sixty-one. I mean, that's I how limited they yeah. were. They just were like, "This is we're just going to make yeah. this a street fight." Yeah. And we're not going to do anything. I mean, Tannehill was terrible. Yep. And it didn't matter because the Jaguars didn't show up to the fight. I tell you what, people love passing games and down and outs and post patterns and RPOs and options and nakeds and and this and that and it's pretty to watch guys like Tyreek Hill who can out jump you and out. The most physical team usually wins the football game. As long as there's been a sport, the most physical team usually wins the game. Tennessee was clearly the most physical team yesterday, and frankly, the Jags haven't been the most physical team much in this second half of the season. And that, at the end of the day, the most physical team generally wins the football game. I mean, from a roster standpoint, it has to be – 
priority one, priority two, and right. priority three this offseason. Yeah. They need – it's kind of similar to what we said about the Gators. Yeah, yeah. The Jaguars need a metric ton of weight Agreed. coming in free agency and the premium picks in this draft. 100%, 100% agree. Uh, no question about it. We'll take a break. I do want you to hear the comments of Doug Peterson when he meets with the media. In addition to that, uh, Hayes has one-on-ones with Devin Lloyd and with Tank Bigsby. Uh, all that comes up. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Dropping is Trevor again, looking. Fires left side again. That ball is picked off. Oh, my goodness, it is picked off. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm mad, angry. My heart hurts, obviously, for the players, the coaches involved. There's, they've worked their tails off. But today's game was sort of our season in a nutshell. They run it with Henry to the left side. Picks his way to the 10-yard line. Touchdown, Derrick Henry. It's tough, you know. Feel It's a pretty surreal feeling. Just It's kind of hard to put into words right now. Your whole season comes down to a few plays, and we just weren't able to make them. It hasn't even really set in yet. Like, we're done. not going to be playing anymore this year. So it's going to be a long, long offseason. Tannehill throws it out of the backfield into the right flat. And that's going to be yards along the right sideline. Inside the 10. Touchdown. Tajay Spears. Disappointing the way we finished our season. Obviously, it's, it's definitely not good enough. You know, things start with me, and I got to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable and I'm doing all I can to, you know, help our football team win on and off the football field. The Titans have extended the lead over the Jaguars. You should feel sick, and you should feel disappointed and frustrated in yourself and our offense and team, everything. I mean, because, like you said, you put in so much work, and then for it all to, you know, coming in here, we win, we're making the playoffs, we got a home playoff game. We're leaving here, going home. And we're the ball goes over on downs. The Titans will take a knee a few times, and the Jags will be turned away here. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. That's how it uh, sounded yesterday, uh, a very disappointing loss. Uh, the Titans were the more physical team. Uh, they punched the Jags in the mouth, and they uh, eliminated them from the playoffs. I think one of the things that bothers me the most is I thought if the Jags got through that game, they might make a little run. I, I didn't. Uh, Buffalo looks really good. They looked good last night. But I, um, I, I would have had some confidence that they would have beaten Cleveland next week, and I would have had some confidence, but, but, uh, but it didn't, was, wasn't to be. We'll talk a lot about it. We'll open up the phone lines to you. John Ogier stops by. A lot to do today uh, as we wrap up uh, a season earlier than we expected to wrap up a season of Jaguars football. They finished 9-8 and eight in the regular season for the second season in a row, but this one doesn't feel like last year's 9-8. and eight. Doug Peterson meets the media momentarily. You'll hear those comments as well. Let's start, though, uh, with some principal players. Devin Lloyd's a first-round draft pick. He's been up and down in his career, uh, but he's certainly fast, certainly athletic, certainly a guy that's going to be part of this team's future. And Hayes caught up with Devin Lloyd today in the locker room. All right, we're pleased to be joined with Jaguars linebacker Devin Lloyd here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's great to see you. I appreciate your time. Uh, tough morning, I would imagine. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. Never want to finish the year like how we did. What are some lessons that you think can be learned? You're so young in your career. This team's got so many young players. Uh, you know, How do you make this, turn this into a positive in years to come? Yeah, um, you got to let this loss feel you for the offseason. Um, go back, evaluate, kind of you know, what happened, you know, these last few games and this last, you know, really the last six games, um, we were sitting in a good position. And then we got to evaluate, you know, why things didn't go the way we wanted. Um, you know, first things first is rest, 
mentally, physically, spiritually, kind of just get back to where you have a clear mind and, you know, you're kind of over this this loss. I mean, you're never going to be over it, but, you know, long removed from it. But um, let's find out what happened, really. What were some things, Devin, that, that stand out to you about yesterday in terms of why Henry and Spears were able to have the days they had? Yeah, it's just uh, assignment football. Everybody's got to be disciplined um, in the run game, and, you know, that's what it comes down to. And when we're talking about the run game is gap integrity. I don't think it was a physicality issue. It was more so just um, everybody being where they're supposed to be. What will be uh, some of the positives you take out of this year as a player, the growth that, that you had in year two in your mind? Yeah, I took a step forward, um, but, you know, still want to be able to do more to make more impactful plays. But I definitely took a step forward in my game and, um, you know, build on top of this. How will you approach this offseason? Do you have a, have you even got, had a chance to really think about how you'll plan it in terms of everything, vacations, but also just, you know, stuff you'll do to continue to hone your craft? For sure. Yeah, I take some time off, like I said, initially, um, just recover you know um, for the first three weeks or so and then get bigger stronger faster understand the game of football situations football and specifically the nfl game um just all all the areas you know of of my game um you know continue to grow in what kind of message did doug leave you guys with um well obviously you never want to finish the year like this and you know we all play this game to win you know, we want to be in that, that big game. We want to win it. And so, um, you know, losing sucks, obviously. But um, he never questioned our effort. He never questioned our desire to to be great and to be the best. And, you know, we have the right guys. You know, we have a locker room that we can build on top of. But when it comes down to it, everybody's got to execute. Everybody's got to be disciplined. And, you know, we have to make plays when, when our team needs it. So... You know, as bittersweet as it is, um, there, there's things to build on top of. And, you know, there's still positivity uh, looking forward for, for this franchise. Devin Lloyd, thank you so much for your time and certainly have a wonderful offseason. Devin Lloyd finishes the year with 127 tackles, only two for a loss. Uh, one quarterback hit. He did not have a sack or an interception, seven pass breakups. Uh, no forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. So very active with 127 tackles. But as he goes into year three, obviously looking for a little bit more in terms of big plays there. Here, here's Hayes where, where he can really grow. Devin overthought plays. He overran plays. He thought he saw things he didn't see. And when he let the game come to him, he was a way better player. And I can tell you that's, that's the message to him. Don't run yourself out of position because you're athletic. Because he's athletic now. He can go. Don't run yourself out of position. And and I can tell you, when he played badly, he was lost because he was trying to go too many places. That is, and I can tell you definitively, that is what they have told him, and that's what he will work on. Yeah, there were multiple times yesterday in watching the game on TV that you could tell he went the wrong way. The, right. the run was right. going one way, and, and he was on the other side of the, the ball in the line. And so at that point in time, yeah, that's a lot of film watching. Uh, but we talked about that last year. That's what's got to improve for him is he is athletic. But having those football senses, it seems like he has them some games and not other games. Yeah, and I and I and he's got instinct. He's a smart kid, by the way. There, there, there's he's very smart. Sometimes you think too much, Hayes. Sometimes you think, and again, the book on Devin in that building is don't don't think too much. Don't you know play with instincts, not with guessing and trying to figure stuff out. 
That I'm telling you, that's the, that's the message to him. Yeah, and he'll obviously he'll be a big part of the plan in 24. Uh, he's going into the third year of his rookie contract, first round pick. Who, you know, his his played I'd say at a B minus level um, since his arrival, but I I still feel like he is capable of being a B plus player. I don't know that he's got a plus player in there, uh, but I do think he can be a, a good to very good starter in this league as he continues to grow. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, more Jaguar talk. You're going to hear from Tank Bigsby. I think one of the things that bothered me the most about the third and one play and certainly the fourth and one play is that's why you drafted him. You drafted Tank Bigsby for that play that moment. Now, the coaches, could, and I'm sure Doug and Prescott said, we called it, and Trevor checked out of it, and I get it. And Trevor wasn't sure they could block it. So I understand, but you know that's why you drafted him. The, yeah. the, the reason he was drafted was for that moment. Third and goal, fourth and goal from the one-yard line, that's why you used the third-round pick. That's why you used it. And so uh, th- that was a little bothersome to me. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, you're going to hear from Tank Bigsby, uh, the comments of Doug Peterson. He just got to the podium, I think. All that and more coming up. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. It is a Best Bet Monday here. The Winter Open Satellites kick off this week with a $100 no-limit hold on satellite into event number one. That comes up tomorrow at 3 p.m. And then on Wednesday, catch the $280 no-limit hold satellite into the Winter Open main event at 3 p.m. So a lot of fun stuff going on this week at the Best Bet. You just heard in the break we were listening to Doug Peterson and, and Frank. Overall, I think this Jaguars team couldn't be more frustrated and disappointed but at the end of the day, they lost to backup quarterbacks, and they were not able to put the end of the season together to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, you 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 sent out a tweet, I think, to put it in perspective. You listed the quarterbacks and the backup quarterbacks, and it was there was Jake a num- Browning, Joe yeah. Flacco, yeah. Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and then that's and that's not the group. Even though some of them played well in those games, that's not the group you thought would beat you uh, at the end of the season. You're going to hear from Tank Bigsby in a second, but. Doug Peterson has been up there for about 15 or 20 minutes. You're going to hear a lot of his comments. Let's start with the first one because it's one everybody wants to know. Doug was asked, is he considering any staff changes after the way the season went? At this time, I haven't. uh, I'm still processing everything. You know, obviously we just finished the season. So uh, I'm going to take the next um, little bit here and, and, you know, think about everything. Um, You know, obviously with the way we finished and and it's – it's not where we want to be, obviously, and I got to take all this into consideration. Now, later, he's asked about Press Taylor and his uh, play calling, and he was asked. I think Mia asked him. She's down there at the press conference if he if he wished he had taken play calling back. He said no, and then somebody followed up. D Rock. D Rock followed up and said, um, "How do you assess the first year of, of press?" And you'll hear this later on our program. We'll have it for you. But he said he did fine. He said it wasn't about play calling. And, and Doug has said that. That has been his point. All, whether you agree with him or not, that's been his point all along. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Tank Bigsby's a big part of this future. I believe that. He's a downhill runner. He's a big physical downhill runner. He is the one player that brings that. They did not trust their line enough, I don't think, to give it to him. We talked about it during the break uh, on third and goal or fourth and goal. And Trevor checked out of the one. The first one was a, was a pass play uh, that I don't think checked out of. I think that's just what they called. Uh, neither one of those worked. Nonetheless, uh, the first-year player 
uh, out of Auburn, a big part of their future. Hayes caught up with Tank Bigsby earlier today. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars running back Tank Bigsby here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's great to talk with you. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's a tough morning, Tank, but how do you take stock of a, of a rookie season? Because it seemed like you, you found some momentum there at the end. Uh, just continue being myself, uh, staying who I am, and uh, coming in working every day. So when I get the opportunity to be ready for it and uh, put my foot for it, and that's what I did, just stayed myself. Uh, I knew with this game of football, it's going to be adversity. You know, just try to capitalize the mistakes and don't make as many mistakes, but you're going to make mistakes because we're human. And, um, you know, I learned from the first year in the NFL, second year, I got a lot to bring, you know, just come to the table and do what I have to do. The the year is so it's so complicated. You you go right from college to the draft process to the NFL and learning a system. How much are you now looking forward to just being able to take a breath? I'm I'm so ready to take that deep breath. Uh, been a long season, long off season grind from the draft to here to now. Everything. So now I just get to take a deep breath and um, recaps and just think about me and me and me and then get back to work about this football and, and then get going. What would be your advice to running backs that are now going to go through the process in terms of everything that they've got to mentally handle? Running backs uh, at our position, there's only being one, one running back on the field at a time. So keep your composure when you're not in the game or, you know, not, not giving what you think you should get or you think you should be. Keep your composure and stay who you are every day. Don't change. And the NFL is all about character, you know. Show show them that you you're the guy that they 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 need to have, and um, bring you, bring your best self every day. So, for the young guys that's getting ready for this draft, I could just tell y'all get your head ready to work, and when I, you get an opportunity, take advantage of it because in the NFL they do not come as often. Absolutely, pass protection can be so difficult, you know, going to this level. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you this year, and, and will that be a point of emphasis for you in the off season in terms of studying that? Yeah, pass pro, pass pro, pretty easy. Just concepts, normal guys blitzing and everything, and the communication part by the center and the quarterback, and letting us know where we go. We get the call, we know where to go. Pass pro, pretty easy. You know, just really just preparing for the game, for your hair won't be everywhere. It's really nothing you can do as a rookie because your head going to be there everywhere until the game that slows down to you. Mm-hmm. And um, just just continue to stay you because it, it's going to eventually slow down and you're going to start having fun. Physically, do you feel like you're in a good place, you know, as you go into the off season? Yes, sir, I do. Physically, I am, and um, mentally, too. Uh, just like I said, I'm going to always focus on being me and um, staying close to God no matter what, whatever I go through. And uh, just continue to grind, grind, grind. That's all I know. Tank Bigsby, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy your offseason and uh, look forward to covering you next year. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's going to be a big year uh, next year for Tank Bigsby. I'm sure he'll be the focal point of a lot of our conversations. Uh, Just 51 touches this season for Tank Bigsby. Uh, Some of that's his own doing uh, because he was careless with the football early. Did seem like he found some momentum late, and hopefully that can – uh, carry him into a successful second year as he uh, backs up ETM. I thought he ran really hard every time he got the ball down the stretch, and I was surprised he didn't get a little bit more as far as the short yardage situations. But they have their reasons for that, and that's what you know we started talking this segment about. Is is it play calling? Is it the lack of faith in the offensive line? Is it a combination of those things? And that's what they have to figure out because the, the training camp offense we saw was explosive and they weren't able to really ever put that together in games. Three things on Tank. Number one, that went wrong, I think. Number one, he had ball security early on. And they, that scares you when a guy fumbles a lot. So that in, the, in, the, in training camp, preseason games, early on. Hey, 
B, he had pay, you asked him about pass protection. That was an issue for him early on. It was very clearly an issue for him early on. It, you, it was talked about, couldn't even put him in on third down because he, he, he blew protection throughout the year, and he has to learn that, and he will learn that. Those are the first two. The third thing is when he kind of got comfortable and got beyond all of that, they weren't blocking anybody. So it's hard to put your downhill runner in the game when you're not going to be able to downhill run because you're not blocking anybody. You need your get-outside guy, your pass catcher. That's why Dearness Johnson played as much as Tank Bigsby down the stretch, I think, Hayes, is because the one thing Tank Bigsby does well, you didn't have the supporting cast, namely the offensive front, to do well. So I think all of that worked against Tank Bigsby playing, and I agree, I think he's going to be a big part of it moving forward. they got to get that line better. Yeah, that's going to be priority number one uh, this offseason is uh, figuring out what they're going to do there. I mean, I, I say figuring out. You know, you're cutting Brandon Sheriff, so you're going to get a new right guard, whether that's free agency or the draft. And you're going to have to bring in a veteran to supplant Luke Fortner. Um, you know, so center free agency, that's got to be a priority. They don't have to break the bank, but they need to bring in somebody that uh, can can at least deliver above average football. Fortner will still be on the team. He's on a very economical deal, third-round pick. He'll be going into his third season. So, uh, you know, he's a he's a good depth piece, but that's kind of what he is now. And until he improves, uh, it's it's hard to envision him as the starter next year. It, and, and, frankly, it's, it's not just hard to envision. Uh, it would be a catastrophe if he is the starter uh, week one next year by, by plan. If an injury occurs, that's one thing. But if the plan as we sit here today – is the next time the Jaguars play a, a, a competitive football game, Luke Fortner is the starter, uh, that is a bad plan. Yesterday, here's what went wrong in my mind. And you're going to hear Doug Peter. It's at 4 o'clock, you're going to hear a lot of comments from the coach. Um, number one, they were the less physical team. You saw that when Derrick Henry started the game. They were getting punched in the mouth. It wasn't just the, inter- the offensive three guys. I don't think poor Devon Hamilton tried, but once the health – thing happened with him early in the year. He was a shell of himself. He was not the same they, guy. He, honestly, they shouldn't have even been playing him. And I mean, so, they, 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 you had, you know, they were in, they making Angelo Blackson inactive, who was, I thought, pretty good yeah. in the first half of the season. Uh, so, again, that's one of those that I think they mismanaged. Hamilton wasn't very good based on because of the injury because he played so well last year. Foley Fadakasi didn't play very well. He hasn't played great since he's been here. And Roy Robertson-Harris, who had a very good year a year ago, didn't play well. So all three of those guys, that was problem number one. The turnovers are a thing. Trevor's got to take better care of the ball. Uh, the, the, t- the turnovers are a thing. And, and, and young quarterbacks do that. I've noticed more interceptions in the league because I think people are taking more chances. I, I think uh, Josh Allen's got a bunch. Mahomes, we were laughing about it last week. Uh, uh, he's got, but he's got to take better care of the ball. And he missed some throws. I mean, there were – the, the ball to Zay Jones, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he thought Zay was running a deeper route or if the ball just slipped out of his hand. We can't have that, can't have that pick. Not in the NFL. You can't, you can't have that pick, which was, which was, which was uh, a real concern. But the biggest thing is physicality, physicality in the interior. Look, by the way, they're a relatively physical team at some other spots. I promise you those two outside linebackers are physical. Does anybody have more physical outside linebackers? Not necessarily better. But does anybody have more physical two-edge guys than Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker? I promise you Rayshon Jenkins is physical as a safety. I promise you Dewey is physical as a safety. I promise you the Foyer Aluakin is a physical player. I think offensively Tank Bigsby is a physical player. I think ETN runs hard. He's not a big physical guy. 
Um, I promise you, Evan Ingram, as pass-catching tight ends, gets gets turned upfield and lowers that shoulder. But if your lines of scrimmage aren't physical, it doesn't matter where Correct. you're physical elsewhere. Correct. And, and that is what we saw. If your lines of scrimmage aren't physical – then it's hard, and that's where you got to get. That's where you got to get better. So uh, we'll talk. Well, we got a whole off season, by the way, to talk about player procurement. Unfortunately, that started now. Yeah, yeah, and it has. And so, so we'll talk more about that uh, coming up in a bit. But I want you to. We're gonna take a break because when we come back, I want you to hear some of the comments of Doug Peterson. Um, he met with the media for. Is he still going, Hayes? Yes, he's still going. So he's still. This is. He's about about a half an hour in. We're gonna hear a lot of those comments. After that, we're gonna open up some phone lines to you all Jaguars today. Obviously, we will touch on Michigan, Washington at some point. But this is the day to look back at the Jaguars. I want you to be able to weigh in as well. Uh, more to come. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. We do thank our friends for The Best Bet. They do a fantastic job. Three outstanding locations, St. Augustine, Jacksonville, and Orange Park. My goodness, they're a great sponsor for this radio show. Good folks and a wonderful sponsor. You'll love the folks over there. Now, uh, coming up um, on Wednesday, the $280 No Limit Hold'em Satellite into the winter open main event. That's at 3 o'clock. By the way, uh, that song said our friend Reed Parman uh, YouTube and didn't it? That's right. Reed went all you Reed, Reed heard uh, Dancing in the Dark went down, went, went YouTube is what he did. I think that's a very smart move. Yeah, did you, he need say to, you need to learn your music history. All right, so Reed is uh, the owner of uh, Big Chief Tire, one of the all-time good guys. So, But uh, we do want to thank our friends from The Best Bet. The Best Bet always our sponsor on a Monday. Uh, the winter open series at Best Bet Jacksonville, by the way, starts on January 18th. January 18th through the 29th. So that winter open, the satellites, the big event, all happening at three locations. That's in St. Augustine. That is in Orange Park. And, of course, Jacksonville, that location is on Monument Road. Uh, Some comments from uh, Doug Peterson. One question he was asked is, of all the things you want Trevor to work on, uh, the Trevor turnovers, where does that rank on the list? I think it is number one. Uh, I think it's the biggest thing, you know, that – that he has to focus on, you know, moving forward. We just we just can't have, you know, this amount of, of turnovers, how we turn the ball over, where we turn the ball. It doesn't matter. You know, we got to protect the football. It's the number one thing. And they didn't turn the ball. They didn't take care of the football this year. It's one of the worst things with the football team. And Doug said he realizes that this year, that football team, it was a real problem. You know, I think we're going to probably end up 29, 30, 31, somewhere down there. You know, in, in, in giveaways and and um, you know that also doesn't take into consideration the turnover on downs too. You know, those are giveaways as well. So, but yeah, um, you know, for the quarterback, obviously, you know, the person that touches the ball every snap, um, we got to make sure that that uh, the emphasis is taking care of the ball. And you'll hear more comments from Doug coming up a little bit later on. All right, let's let's look forward a little bit. The the um, the elephant in the proverbial rooms of Gator, uh, Gator of Jaguar fans is because we talked about this with Napier so much is offensive coordinator and general manager. I don't get the sense le- listening to Doug Peterson today that his offensive coordinator is going anywhere. He said uh, he was asked point blank how Press Taylor did. He, he was no one who's asked point blank by Mia if uh, he considered taking the play calling back. He said no. He was asked by D-Rock how Press Taylor did. He said, I thought he did well. Um, whether fans like it or not, I don't get the impression, Hayes, that's changing a bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I believe the I believe that as well. I mean, I, I don't think Shad Khan, it starts with ownership. You know, what kind of owner do you have? And uh, Shad's not a meddling owner. And he's also not an owner where he lives and dies with how his football team does. Uh, he's got a ton of other interests. So he wants them to do well. But I think Shad Khan's going to view this as, I don't think he's going to view this as a disaster. They won nine games. It's the third best right. year that he's had in his 12 years as owner. So, yes, it's disappointing that they didn't finish stronger and they didn't win the division and make the playoffs. But I don't think this is going to eat at Shad Khan for very long to the point where he's going to be bringing Doug Peterson in and demanding changes or firing his general manager. I just, I could be wrong and owners evolve, but I, I would be surprised if, if, if ownership is, is going to demand or make changes. So it starts there. So any change is going to be up to Doug Peterson. And I mean, again, he lost his job with the Eagles because of his allegiance to press Taylor. So it's disappointing to hear that comment uh, is saying press Taylor did good because he didn't do good. Uh, the offense didn't do good. Doug Peterson didn't do good. No coach on offense did good. And, and I'll do a hammer time later in the show and break this down uh, with more data to give you. But they were worse in every category. Uh, so you can't get up there today and say, Press Taylor did a good job. Uh, you also then can't get up there and talk about Luke Fortner as a foundational piece of this thing like he did and defend and, and no, it's something has to be to blame because otherwise you're just going to end up right where you were next year. If, if you don't make significant personnel or coaching changes. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they should stick with the status quo. I mean, I don't think press Taylor should be the offensive coordinator. I don't think he should be the play caller. I didn't think that week one when they blindsided everybody with it before the Colts game. And I don't believe it now. And, and they regressed. They wanted to gain a touchdown. Their mission was to gain six points. They had averaged 23.8 last year, and they wanted to get that into the high 20s. They averaged 22.2. So not only did you not get your six points, you went backwards. And, uh, you know, and then to – so that's fine. If you're going to say it's not press's fault, press called good plays, they just weren't blocked. Well, then you can't five minutes later – then defend your offensive line and defend Luke Fortner and say that, you know, well, it was, we got to stay healthy. And I mean, so it's disappointing to hear that because what this tells you is that it is going to, I mean, there, there could be a change at receivers coach or something like that. But in terms of something that is high up on the organizational chart, I do not think the Jaguars are going to have any changes. I could be wrong. And I think it's a huge mistake because why would any time in professional football there is regression when there shouldn't be? I mean, you added Calvin Ridley, added him, and you were worse on offense across the board. Uh, and your quarterback didn't get any better. Your quarterback regressed. So I, I don't know how you just say, well, we're fine on offense from, from how we're managing it, how we're calling it, how we're practicing it. I, I, I don't know how you can look the paying fan in the eye and say, we're good with what we're giving you right now. We don't need we we don't need to make changes to our operation. Yeah, I think you should evaluate the general manager and figure out if these draft picks the last two seasons have made your team a lot better. I think there's a lot of issues with with certain players picked, and then I think certainly the offense and and Frank to your point, fans also want the defensive coordinator fired because fans want everyone fired when a, when there's a loss. But as far as Press Taylor, 
we watch a lot of NFL games. How many times do you see with other teams, other good teams, do you see multiple times per game the quarterback and the receivers or tight end or running backs look at each other like they weren't on the same page? Multiple times per game that's happened with this team, and this is the second year under Doug Peterson and Press Taylor. And so, right, I do believe changes need to be made, but I don't think they will be. Here's my guess, that the Press Taylor will call the plays, uh, as he did this year, whether fans want him to or not. I, I, that's my guess. The, uh, uh, the other question, I'll get the personnel in a minute. The other question is Trent Baalke. I'll start with you, Lauren. Do you think Trent Baalke will be back? Do you think he should or shouldn't be back? I think the, he, that's the two. The, the sure. fans are talking a little bit about Caldwell, but mostly they're talking about Press and Bulky. That, that those are the two guys who were trending the most on Jags Twitter. I suppose, yeah. I guess in watching yesterday's game, the the main things to me were the run defense and the fact that Mike Caldwell didn't make adjustments. But either way, as far as Trent Bulky, yes, I think he'll be back. No, I don't think he should be back because it seems like some of his selections did not help the team whether it's last year or this year. And I think he made some good picks, but if you look around the league, I think other teams have drafted a lot better than this team has. I um, Here's my thought. I don't see those kind of major changes. I could see some assistant coaches not being brought back. Doug didn't say that wasn't going to happen. He said, I need to think through it. I just We just got here. So I could see that. I don't think that. I do believe this. I do believe you'll have new linemen next year. I'm a big believer that your defensive front might look entirely different next year. I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer that your offensive front might have new personnel. Um, I think Ezra Cleveland will be on your offensive front somewhere. I think Anton Harrison will be on there. Wouldn't be surprised if it was left tackle. Um, After that, I'm not completely certain that that you don't see a lot of changes. I, 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 I... I I would be I understand Luke Fortner is a is a uh, foundational piece as as Doug said, but I'd be a little bit surprised if they don't address that. I'd be a little bit surprised if they don't address right guard. I'd be a little bit surprised if. Uh, do you think they're bringing Cam back? Cam because no. he's under contract. You'd I have, do. You'd have, you'd have to cut him. I think the plan all along is probably not to bring him back to move Anton over there to the left side and play Walker a little on the right side. I wonder if all this makes you rethink that a little bit, but I'm going to guess you're right. I would guess it's uh, Anton. I'm going to guess Anton Harrison goes to left, Walker Little plays right, and uh, Ezra Cleveland plays left guard. And then they've got to make a decision about right guard. That, that's my decision, but I, my thinking. But I think the defensive front is going to look entirely different. That's what I think they're going to change more than anything else. I, that's my guess at what you see. I think the two inside linebackers and the two outside linebackers are the same. I think Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams are outside. I could see a change at safety because Antonio Johnson is the guy you need on the field, and Rayshon Jenkins is going to cost you. Um, but I could see that. Now, Roy Robertson Harris, when they extended him this offseason, they gave him a three-year deal. Does that mean he's for sure starting for the next couple seasons? I would. Well, I think not the next, next couple, but I would think the next the next season that he's in a pretty good position to be uh, back on the team in in his his role now. So, I uh, yeah, it's. Obviously, I mean, I, I think that I think in looking at it, it is going to be more of a the blame is going to be put more on the personnel than it is on the decision makers. And I, you know, and we'll just see, you know, that again, you know, they're they've won 18 games in the last two years, 19 if you count the playoff game last year. So it's right. it's not 
radical change necessarily that's, that's right. needed. But you you do have a, a window here. Doug said it, you know, the window is now. Well, I think what this does is it puts everybody on a one-year contract, uh, Doug Peterson included. I mean, I, I think now in 24, you know, you've, you have got to get back to the playoffs. You, you've, you've got to be very competitive in the division again. You know, the division will be viewed differently because everybody's going to pick Houston to win the South next year. Uh, and there will be even some that I'm sure pick Indianapolis over the Jaguars because they're going to look at it and say, hey, the Colts won nine games with their backup playing 15 games or starting 15 games. So if you believe in Anthony Richardson, if you believe Richardson's two games better than Minshew, then you're going to think, I, I think the Colts can win 10 or 11 games. So, you know, the Jaguars are, are not going to have near the expectations uh, this coming season nationally and, and <laughs> locally, uh, you know, after what they've put on the field over the last six weeks. But in, in looking at it, I, it, it's going to be blamed on the personnel, I hope, because it's got to be better in the interior offensive line. I mean, and again, you do have, you have a 17th pick in the draft. You're going to have a little bit of free agent uh, ability to sign people. And so that's where the focus should go. I, again, it's not what, what I think more should be done. But I, I don't think the, I don't think the owner is going to demand it or make it, and I don't think the head coach is either. All right, so we will uh, take a break. When we come back, I want to open up phone lines to you. Later on, you're going to hear some more from Doug Peterson. Three or four more issues, or three or four more comments from the head coach. But I do want to open up the phone lines to you. Six four one ten ten. What do you think the Jaguars should do? Should have done? What are your concerns? Uh, your take on the season? We'll do a segment of phone calls. Six four one ten ten. That's after this on ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. <laughs> it's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Did you see Super 70s? Text or tweet about him. I saw it was like, who's better, Simon LeBon or who was the other guy? It was funny. I'm trying to remember who the other one was. Because it, it's not like it's another 80s. It's not like Billy Idol. Yeah, it's like two guys that have no business yeah. being in a poll together. Said, who had the better career? Yeah, Simon it was like LeBon Simon LeBon and like Carl Malone. Yeah, or. I got it. But now, now I can't stop myself now because it was freaking hilarious. It was hilarious. But I can't. And I didn't vote in it, so I can't. Go back to my and Twitter and either. just find what I did. I'll find it at some point, by the way. But it was who had the better better career? Simon LeBond, the lead singer of Duran Duran. Right. Just so uh, everybody is. And all somebody. On the same and, and by page. the way, it was a tough vote. I don't yeah. remember who it was, but it was. But tough. It, I just remember I did. It was like one of those things that I laughed at because I did. You know, you're expecting. He's so random. Yeah, it was just like you couldn't have picked two more random '80s people and and said who was better. I can't find it, but I'm. I'm yeah, well, maybe I'm he deleted to, it. I'm gonna find. It. He he never deletes. <laughs> Let's. Uh, we we want to know what you thought. The Jag season ended at nine and eight. Let's take some phone calls. Let's start with Mike. Mike, you're up first. Hey, on Mike. Good afternoon. I'm doing good. How y'all doing this morning? Good. What What's your thought on it, Mike? All right, this is my thought. Just hear me out a little bit. Oh, please. I think, personally, I feel that the writing was on the wall about this team and the fortitude or lack thereof was the Buccaneer game. Because I look at Cincinnati, Trevor got hurt. A lot of people, you know, bad luck. Between the Browns and the Ravens, that's just how the schedule set up. And it was just going, you know, 
Cleveland's a good defense playoff team. Baltimore's rolling everybody. So that is how the schedule set up. The Buccaneer game, when they were down 20 to nothing, that should have been the writing on the wall as far as the lack of urgency or just the mental toughness of the team because it didn't matter what happened at Carolina at that point. Because if you can't get yourself juiced up at the stakes and playing a team like the Bucs, they're, they're not a great team. But if you can't get juiced up to beat that team, yep. at that point, you couldn't get juiced up to play a Titans team knowing that what happened last year and the motivation that they're going to have. Yep. So know, that's just my thought. Mike, thanks for the call. Yeah, that was the writing was on the wall a little bit. The because that's a game I thought they'd go win, and uh, and they were rolled by the Bucks. No question. I mean, they rolled rolled by the Bucks. Yeah. By the way, how bad are the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> wow. I mean, I know. I know. I'm pretty sure like the three of us, RJ, uh, we could pick 18 people uh, in, in around the office, and we could go beat the Carolina. Would you Panthers. say you're calling you and me and 20 yeah. of our buddies or in your yeah, columns, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Let's go to Preston. Who's up next? Hey, Preston. Yo, what's going on, guys? What, what do you think about all Dude, this, Preston? Uh, this season ended week two when we played the Texans, when we got smacked at home, when we let the freaking fullback go about 80 yards on us. First of all, that's a great sign of our special teams playing right there if we can't get down a fullback. Second off, the uh, 49ers absolutely broke us. And that's going to be my whole thing. I'm a season ticket holder, and I have never been so upset after a loss, after the 49ers completely smoked us at home when the stadium is about 75% red, 25% black and teal, and you got freaking 49ers fans running inside of the building. That's always awesome. Third of all, what what do you do about Trevor Lawrence? Because I'm going to be honest, if this dude's playing the same way he plays here versus in New York versus in Green Bay versus anywhere else, he's on the bench. He's done. Look at Zach Wilson. Prime example. And, yeah, I am comparing Trevor Lawrence to Zach Wilson because, honestly, who cares? I mean, Trevor's not the answer as far as I'm concerned. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. This season, he definitely wasn't. Preston, thanks for the call. Appreciate your comments. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback here. There's no debating that. I'll say it again. He was. He's got to take. He's got to have better instincts. We we all cited a lot of things. Uh, throwing a pass inbounds at the end of the half with no timeouts. Uh, checking to a, a, a run play that's not going to work. Uh, not throwing the ball out of bounds when he should. His instincts have to be better. Um, but I, uh, but Trevor, I, I think there's bigger problems than Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine, going to be the quarterback. The question becomes, can they protect him? I still think protection to me is the issue. Bill, uh, uh, Doug Peterson is going to speak to that. We've got some of his comments. This comes up in a bit. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Billy. Billy, what do you think about all this? Well, I was completely devastated. I've, uh, I've been watching Jaguars since their inception. I'm a season ticket holder, first-year season ticket holder. I was at that Tennessee game, and I had so much high hopes for them. And uh, honestly, I would get rid of the offensive and defensive coordinator. Uh, honestly, I wish they'd have took Aiden Hutchinson instead of Walker. I've, uh, I've their uh, their defense. I was listening to you earlier. They got to get more meat up front. They were getting manhandled out there. All them games like the. The 49er game, like the prior guy was talking about, uh, the Tampa Bay game, and this last game, they were just getting pushed around like they wasn't even there. I mean, they, they've they got the – and their offensive line, I heard you all earlier, you were exactly right. I mean, if you can't run the ball so many third and ones and wearing the shotgun, right. I mean, what in the world? I mean, it's just completely, 
completely aggravating is all I can say. Billy, thanks for the call. I get it. Let's go to Darren, who's up next. Darren, what are your thoughts on all this? Hey, guys. Uh, you know, I felt like um, from the beginning of the season, my I'm problems at the offensive line, and that did not change all year long. I felt like me and my whole family flew to Nashville yesterday just to have my ugly girlfriend break up with me and made me kind of like, you know, glad that it was over and like, you know what, you're ugly anyway. But then at the same time, I'm emotionally in love with her. And uh, then I had to ride home and I've been sad all day long, bro. Y'all have a good one. Quite the analogy, Darren. I'm depressed all over again. So there's that. Steve's up next. Steve, what do you think? I think you got to fix the quarterback. I'm sick of all these excuses. Yeah, the offensive line is not good. Uh, we always hear about receivers running the wrong routes and everything else. Okay, there's about 15 quarterbacks I'd take over Trevor right now. Okay, you cannot turn the ball over 10 times in four games. Okay, he's a big reason why the offense didn't work this year. He's an average quarterback. As I totally agree. He's got terrible instincts. That's something you're born with. I don't know how much you improve that. I think we got just a guy, and I don't see uh, – I'm concerned about the quarterback. All right. I appreciate your call, Steve. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that comment? Yeah, I, I understand it. It was a dismal year for Trevor Lawrence, you know, particularly considering a lot of people believed he was going to possibly be the eventual MVP this season and to have 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and just a slew of problems. I It, it is dis- – concerning for sure I, I think what you're seeing with Trevor is he's still young he's he's just turned 24 so uh, I mean there's we have college quarterbacks that are that age so I still think you're dealing with somebody who isn't close to the peak of his career I also think that and we've talked about this before I think he went through such little adversity at Clemson that there's certain things on a football field that he just hasn't gone through like most quarterbacks would have. There's a lot of in-game situations, clock situations, that I just don't think he's had a lot of practice with because in his career, he's played on dominant teams. I, I Cartersville was dominant. Clemson certainly, how many games did he lose as a starter at Clemson? Like two, and they were in the playoffs. Like, And a lot of those wins were blowout fashion. So – I think at times, like even the Jaguars are somewhat surprised at just the lack of general football knowledge that he has. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be a problem as it continues. It's like, okay, he, he goes through it, he learns it, it, it's bitten them. It bit them a lot this year. But I think like next season, I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball inbounds when the clock's running, he doesn't have timeouts. Like I think he's... He's, he's not going to check uh, to a sneak from a yard out. Like, he, he tends to learn from his mistakes, but it's just – it almost seems like he made so – he was put in so few of those instances before he got here that the Jaguars are the ones having to pay for it. I still like Trevor as the quarterback. I, again, I think you're looking at years 25, 26, 27, the prime of his career. Uh, I think he's going to be fine, but – you absolutely have to describe this as a disappointing year for him. Will, you're up next. Let's go to Will. Hello, Will. What do you think about all this? How y'all doing today, man? Hey, check it. I could go on and on about some of the bad things. You know, I just wanted to kind of focus more on the future. 
And and in saying that, it, I think that we just got to work on that offensive line. I think the offensive line is, is key here. We got to get a defense. Those defensive sack numbers is so bubbled up to me because not one game did I say a quarterback should worry about the Jacksonville Jaguars pass rush. I never felt that at all. I mean, I see the sacks here and there, but it, it was never a threat when you can have Joe Flacco just sit back and throw in points, right? But I just wanted to focus on what we need to do. I just feel like you got a, a lot of major moves and concerns need to make. Uh, the interior offensive line, interior defensive line, and that secondary needs to be taken care of. So it's just, uh, you know, right. we had a winning record. We got to be positive. That's two years in a row winning record. So let's just kind of focus on the positive, man. Love the show. Will, thanks. We appreciate it. Will's talking about the positive stuff. It was back-to-back nine and eight seasons. Kevin, you're up next. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? What's on your mind? I'm great. Well, I'm not. I am. I'm not a Jaguar fan, but I, I watch them, you know. And I'm always listening to the show. You know, we're we're always always saying, you know, any team can beat any team on a given day. And Derrick Henry isn't top liver. I mean, he's a great back. That's that's what he does. Not all the time, but he does it. Uh, Trevor's going to be fine, I think. You know, he's learning, still learning the game and stuff, you know. Uh, I'm like the last caller. Let's focus on the positive and stuff, you know, because I think Jags are going to be okay. That's it. Kevin, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Let's say hello to Mary. Hey, Mary, how you doing? Just fine, sir. How are you? Fine. What do you think about all this, Mary? Well, number one, um, I was absolutely crushed yesterday because we had so much hope at the beginning of the season. Um, I know I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to get right to my point, and you guys can comment, you know, afterwards. So, for I don't, I know Frank. I know you're old enough to remember Rick Meyer coming out of Notre Dame, and they had him just shy of the second coming of Christ. The the media did. And the same thing happened to Trevor. And I think so much gets built up, especially in the media's worse these days now than it was back now than it was back then. And I think we play so much on these young guys and generational quarterbacks and take us to the promised land, blah, blah, blah. And then when they don't meet expectations or, or maybe they're trying so hard to meet expectations because of that. I think he's an amazing young man. I love the work that he does with the children's hospitals and everything. I don't think he's a generational quarterback right now. He's average. Can he get better? Yeah, but it's going to take a lot of work. And um, I think the whole team, the team as a whole, needs to do a lot of soul searching because I go back to when the Gators lost the old Miss back in 2008 and Tim Tebow gave that speech afterwards and it rallied the whole team. And I see no fire out of any single Jags player like that. And to me, the whole team owes the fans an apology for laying down the last five weeks and just kind of settling for mediocrity. Anyway, Mary, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. A lot of well-made points. One more caller. Let's get to Joshua. Joshua is the last caller we're going to take. Hey, Joshua. Do we have Joshua? Joshua, check out. All right. So great work by our callers. Mary, I appreciate your comments. Uh, listen, let me go back to Trevor because people want to talk about Trevor. 
Trevor's going to be the quarterback here. You made, you made the point, Hayes. He's going to be here for a long time. They're going to sign him regardless of when they sign him, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, regardless of what the dollars are. Trevor Lawrence is you, – when you have a Trevor Lawrence, even if he doesn't play as well as you want, no, none of the 32 teams would move on from Trevor Lawrence. Let, let's be clear about that. I mean, well, they would if you had Joe Burrow. Well, if you had Joe Burrow, you wouldn't have Trevor Lawrence. So none of the 32 teams would move on from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor had some up, some down. I'm a big believer that a lot of it had to do with the protection – I thought he played through some injuries, but also thought he played badly at times. His instincts have to get better. No, no, no team would, regardless of what you think about generational, not generational, no team would move on from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the happy medium here is Trevor Lawrence is not a top 10 quarterback in this league. He's not close to it. He's not bottom 10 either, you know, he's, but he's probably somewhere in that 12 to 13 range uh, with the potential to obviously move up that list. But I, it, it was a it was a bad year, but he's still absolutely the foundational piece to this whole thing. I and and I understand you know people Rick Meyer yeah I I remember Rick Meyer and you know again you know you're comparing a guy that was fifty touchdowns seventy six picks in the NFL I I mean Trevor Lawrence isn't that he's not a disaster he's not Zach Wilson he's you know he's not Rick Meyer he he's not a bust. Has it been as quick as you would like? No. But to say that there hasn't been promise that he has shown, I mean, that, that to me, I just can't, I can't get with you on that point. I can't, I can't agree. Does he need to play better? Absolutely. He just turned 24 years old. I, I think he's going to get there. I think it's, he is seeing a lot of this for the first time. And, and again, I think environmentally, there are issues around him. I think, I think offensively, from a schematic standpoint, they're in a tough spot. I, I don't like the play caller. I, I don't think Press Taylor did a good job. I don't, I don't think Doug Peterson should have allowed him to, to do it. I like Doug Peterson as a play caller. Uh, obviously, the receivers had drops. There were injuries. The offensive line was a disaster. So, again, we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence get to the point where he can take an average player and elevate that player, and hopefully that day will come as he gets 28, 29, 30. So it's certainly fair to be disappointed about Trevor Lawrence's play. But to suggest that the Jaguars would be better off moving on without him and rolling the dice on J.J. McCarthy at pick 17, I mean, to me, you just can't, you can't go down that road yet. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll hear a few more comments from Doug Peterson after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Welcome back to The Frangie Show on this Best Bet Monday. The Jaguars lose the Titans 28-20 yesterday. All right, did you think, by the way, at any point in time, Frank, that the Jaguars were winning the football game once it got to the fourth quarter? That's a great question. Um, I did hold out some hope. Okay. I, I, I think when Cisco intercepted the mm -hmm. pass is the one time I had probably the most hope because I sure. figured they were getting it in there. I, I figured – I didn't know if they'd get the two-point conversion, mm -hmm. but I figured they might strike quick, either get it tied at 28 or get it 28-26 and then have time to get a stop. And then, then I thought, okay, let's see how good the Titans are now – when, when now they've got a little pressure on them. So, so I, I guess that was kind of my thought. Yeah, I thought literally in real time, if Cisco doesn't run this all the way into the end zone, the no Jaguars chance. might not score. What would you think? Very quick. Yeah, I, I 
had hope the whole time because you see it a lot of times bad teams find ways to lose games and the Titans had dropped a punt that led to points right before the half and then you have the so it just felt like and Tannehill I didn't think was playing particularly well like there were times where I mean they they would do like play action pass he was a sitting duck right and unfortunately the Jaguars couldn't knock the ball away from him when they sacked him but so I, I kind of thought the whole time that the Jaguars were going to find a way to get it to overtime and then you hope Somehow that win the game. Yeah, the, the ball bounces your way. So I didn't really give up hope until the you know fourth down where it was sealed. The uh, comments of Doug Peterson today, you've heard some. Let's hear some more. He was asked today, does he feel like this season is a step back? Well, I, I, feel, I feel fine moving forward. I, I just think how we finished the last six games of the year, how we did it, you know, and we had – we had opportunities to win these games. It wasn't like we were out of a lot of games, you know, uh, down the stretch here. It's, 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 it's we lost the game more than them winning the game, you know, and, and that's, really, that's really kind of been our season. He also was said, uh, look, this has got to motivate you. This has got to fuel you moving forward. I think it is fuel and motivation for how we move forward. I, I, I think that, you know, you're, you're only as good as your last game. And, and we weren't very good yesterday. And it was kind of a um, – yesterday's three hours was kind of that snapshot of how our season has gone, especially the last six games. And, and you know, uh, it, it, it has to fuel – it has to fuel everybody's desire to, to want to win and to be great. And um, just can't let things – you can't let your preparation slip, as we talked about. You can't let, you know – uh, a rep in practice go by without making sure it's it's done properly and and, and all of that and, and that's every but that's me it's all the coaches all the play everybody together making sure that that doesn't happen he was also uh all, press taylor's been all in the news uh, or all in the opinions i should say not in the news in all over social uh doug was asked uh, to evaluate the first year with his uh offensive coordinator press taylor calling the plays i thought it went i thought it went good i mean can it be better yeah it can be better um you know, I, I think at times it's, you know, when you when you struggle, when you struggle offensively, like like we did at times, you know, it, I don't care who's calling plays, you, you're looking, you might as well look at that thing with your eyes closed and just pick a play. Quite honestly, because it's hard, it's difficult. I've been there, and you know, you're trying to find that one play or a spark that gets your offense rolling, and 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 with the struggles that we had at times. It, that's, a, that's a difficult thing to, to do, to try to, whether it's in the run game or the pass game. And finally, um, we talked a lot, I know I have, others as well, about the, uh, the problem with the offensive line. Doug was asked, do you need wholesale offensive line changes? I don't think so. Um, I, I just think we need to stay, stay healthy. I, I, it, again, it's when, when, guys are playing, when guys are playing together for three games, it's not long enough because then we're making another switch, right? Another it gets hurt and we got to make another. And then they're playing together for three or four more games, and then Cam's out for four games with an injury or something. And then you know, so the consistency and the continuity that that's what that's what really drives the offensive line. The uh, comments of Doug Peterson, interesting comments. I will say this. The worst thing he could do today in, in what could have been an emotional press conference is get up behind the podium and start ripping people, start cutting, firing, and ripping. That's, that's the worst thing he could do. I'm not totally convinced 
that there won't be a lot of changes on the offensive front. I, I, I he said the right politically correct stuff here, and he's right. They, he, he's the one point he made. Um, that offensive line wasn't together the whole very long. Cam Robinson suspended four games, then hurt for four games. Ezra Cleveland got here late. Ben Barch was going to be the left guard, never turned out. Walker Little went in there, got hurt immediately. Shatley's in and out of the lineup. Uh, the right side was there the whole time, though, and so was the center. Hayes, I'm not completely convinced. I think he said the right things today. I'm not completely convinced there won't be some personnel changes on that group. I, I'm just not. My hope is that Doug Peterson is still in a state of shock and that after a week of absorbing the colossal disappointment um, that that he'll have a, a fresher take on this uh, because it's it, basically it sounds like, well, everything's fine and you know we'll, we'll get healthy and we'll – come back next year and do it again. And it, that's just not going to be acceptable. And, and it's just not smart. I mean, so I, I, I get it. I'm sure Doug Peterson thought he'd be game planning for the Browns today. And, and, and he isn't. He's, instead, he's, he's being asked about, you know, what the next year's team is going to look like and, and having to reflect. And, you know, I, I do think being a former player, he is going to be reluctant to, you know, say, oh, yeah, well, we obviously need a new center and a new right guard, and, you know, that'll be at the top of our list. I mean, I get that, but I, but his answers today leave a lot to be desired in terms of what the, the early indication is on what the plan is moving forward. They have a play-calling issue. He can sit there and say all he wants that you could just randomly pick a play. It, you can't put all of this – on the players and 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 then you can't then say well it's not even really on the players it's the fact that we never had a consistent lineup I can give you a mini pass on that to some extent but you can't say that you went one in five because the offensive line went through some some injuries and and guys running out and only got to play together for two or three games at a time it's just it's not going to hold up this was a monumental failure a monumental failure that cannot result in the status quo. So again, I think they'll get there. You know, I think it'll be different when we get to the combine. I think it'll be different when, you know, you see what they do at the start of the new league year with free agency. Uh, obviously, they're going to have a draft class. Uh, so I, I think they're going to get to where they need to get. I, the only benefit of the doubt I can give Doug Peterson is, He's he's just still shell shocked that his season's over and he's not figuring out how to stop Joe Flacco and score on Cleveland's defense. And one thing you said earlier, I don't agree with. Hey, you said everyone's on a one year contract, including Doug. I don't think nine and eight, nine and eight, win the division one year, miss it by one game the next year, and you're on a one year contract. I, I think Doug Peterson's going to be the coach here for a while. Now we're in an age where no contracts are very long in in any any level of professional sports or, or high-level college sports, but I don't think there's any sort of a hot seat for Doug Peterson anytime soon. Again, I think if he misses the playoffs, he's in danger next yeah, year. I, I, that, that would surprise me. You don't know? That was to, and also, and it's too early to say this, but I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs next year. Having said that, I didn't think they were going to miss the playoffs this year, and they did, so I could be wrong. But I, uh, I don't think Doug Peterson's on any kind of a hot seat. I am interested, I am interested in the player procurement side. I don't think Trent Balky's getting fired. But I do think there's going to be a long conversation about did we, did we build the team the right way because, and I'll stand by this, 
they're one or two more good linemen away from having a really good team this year. They were nine and eight. They barely lost a few games. It's a it's this is golly, the NFL this year and the and the AFC particularly this year was anybody's to win. I'm still not I'm not sure Baltimore's gonna win the AFC. I'm not sure Buffalo is. I mean, you know, I I I don't know. I, there's most years I've been I've been pretty sure Kansas City was going to win the AFC. They might not, have, but I was pretty sure they were going to. Before that, I was pretty sure the the uh, Patriots were going to win it. I, I'm less confident of anybody this year than I was the Patriots and the and the Chiefs all those years. So so we'll see what winds up happening. All right, we'll keep it on the Jaguars. Um, Johnny O's up here next. The, the final O show of the year is next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now it's time for the O Show with John Osher from Jaguars.com. Oh. 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 One last time. Yeah. Mm. Tough one the other day, Johnny. What's that? Tough game the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's – and usually joke about the email to start off with, but the emails – I mean – uh, they're right. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. there's no other way to say it. I think I wrote in uh, in Ozone Late Night or something like that. Of, well, there's no other way to describe this at, as a collapse and one of the worst losses in franchise history. When you go into a game with everything on the line against a team that is five and eleven, and I know there's no such thing as a guarantee in the NFL, uh, <laughs> but you are supposed to win that game. Uh, and when you pile it on, it would have been bad either way, but then you, when you make it five out of your last six, um, it's it's as bad a loss as I can recall covering. Doug talked today, and he's mentioned it at times this season, about almost like a disconnect with the players in terms of sense of urgency. Yeah. He talked in his presser today about a week two game against the Chiefs and how this will have playoff implications and – and it's like it just didn't resonate with them. He talked about it week three, he said, against Houston. Is that just a growth thing for this team? I mean, how can, you hope it, so. can that be fixed? Well, I, I mean, it, I think it has to be fixed with, uh, you know, teams change every off season, So, naturally, your dynamic of what they call the rooms change, the meeting rooms. And when he talked about urgency today, he, he – he talked about it in two ways. First of all, that the urgency, that, that the window's now. You know, they believe they have a chance to still go win this basic group. But I think when he's talking about urgency, it, it's it's valuing every day, uh, valuing every possession, valuing every game, understanding how hard it is to beat any team in the NFL and that every team can beat you, every play is going to matter. Uh he preached for what six or seven weeks about pre-snap penalties, turnovers, missed assignments. You know the whole list we've all heard, and I, I, I think it's safe to say that it never got resolved. It never got reached, whatever that is. Um, I don't. I can't answer it because he sure couldn't. But I know that that was a season-long thing that they just never got you know that urgency that grab it whatever it is and it told the story of the season how much blame goes on the offensive line versus the quarterback when we talk about the offense not performing up to expectations well to me um the running game all season was the key to the whole thing and when i say the running game 
if there was a microcosm yesterday, it was third and one, fourth and one. You didn't feel like you could say, we're not doing anything except running the ball in the end zone here. And how many games, I can't point any game in particular because I'm not looking at a schedule right now, but how many times during this season did they drive past the 50, get to the 37-yard line, third and one, boom, boom. And when you don't threaten the defense with the run, it's very hard to make anything else work. It's why red zone was bad. It's why third and third down conversions were bad. It's why you never got clicking because you could never depend on that. So offensive line, whatever, um, quarterback wasn't good down the stretch. I think a lot of the last five or six weeks, he has turnover issues anyway. I think it compounded with lack of practice and lack of turnover. I mean, and uh, lack of uh, health. But I think overall, the fact that you never felt comfortable controlling the line of scrimmage, I think set the tone for the whole season. John, I think this. I want you to weigh in on this. And I'm not – look, Trevor's instincts have to get better. Mm -hmm. You can't throw the ball and let a guy get tackled inbounds when you're out of timeouts and there's 10 seconds left in the half. You can't throw a crossing route to Lauren's point earlier in the show on fourth down to a guy that's five yards behind the sticks. Right. You there you can't there's you're checking out a wrong play. He his football instincts. He's a young guy still, but mm-hmm. they have to improve, and I think they will improve. Um, he throws too many interceptions. He he turns the ball over. He forces things. But having said all that, here's one of the reasons I'm still so so high on him and what he will be. Number one, he's got all the all the stuff, hardware and software. But you said it. It's hard to quarterback in this league, period. It's really hard when nobody respects your run game or your run blocking. Yeah. When everybody knows you can't run it, play action does nothing. There, there's no play action opportunities if nobody respects the running game. And I think the protection, having to move around the pocket, knowing they couldn't run at all, had to have some effect on his productivity. It just had to. Well, then you're always dropping seven. Right, correct. Because you never worry about the run. They, your attitude going into a game is, okay, you might beat. You might pop one or two on me. You're not going to beat me running. Right. And until you show me you can, I don't care if you run. Yeah, and I'm dropping seven. I and think that's been. So that. Or, or you send seven because you know the offensive line isn't very good. So even when backs are staying in the block. Right. I, I, again, I, I think I, the biggest. It, I've been hearing every other email I get. What in the world was that play calling on third and one and fourth and one? Um, I don't know that I'd have called different plays because I don't know that I would have believed that a running play was going to work there. See, here's my take on that. So that's where I just – I see. I agree with that overall point. At that point, I would have given the ball to Tank Bigsby a couple times just to know. Mm -hmm. But to your point, I'm not sure it would have worked because that line might have gotten blown up both times. So in that time, I would have done that. But uh, but I, I'm certainly not convinced they would have done it. They would have made it from the one yard line. Are you concerned about Press Taylor remaining as the play caller? No, I mean I, I, I don't think from listening to Doug from watching it, I don't think Doug has any thought that he called plays very much different than Doug would have this year. So, I, uh, I would be very surprised if he made a change with that. Do you think that there will be any changes as far as coaches are concerned? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Doug didn't really address that today when he talked. It was more of, I've got to get through 
and I forget how he used it, but he said uh, basically he's got to let the season decompress a little bit and think about it. Um, you know, when you lose five or s- of six, it's hard to, in this day and age, it's hard to stay st- uh, status quo moving forward. I I have no feel for what that might be, but uh, I don't. I'm not sure Doug necessarily knows yet, so it's hard to answer. I believe Doug doesn't know yet. He said he he's been a pretty honest guy. He said, "Listen, it just ended. I haven't evaluated all that." Right. Yet. Um, same question because this won't be Doug's call. Trent Balky is the other name. Trent Balky and Press Taylor are the names that had to show up in your emails sure. a thousand times. Is Trent Balky in any danger of not coming back? You know, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, it's uh, it's it's yeah, I don't, I don't either. I hear you. But yeah. I'm, so, um. Uh, if I had a feel for it, uh, my thought on Trent, and I've said this, you know, you know, privately and publicly, um, it was a heavy lift in 2020 and 21 to get where this team is. Uh, the criticism is overspent in free agency, et cetera, but you had to overspend in free agency to get them out of the depths of talent. Um, so transitioning from that to draft and develop. Uh, I think overall, you know, I I don't know what should or shouldn't happen, and I don't know what will happen, but I do know that overall the talent improved from 2021, 20-ish uh, to whatever. So I guess I just don't know how to answer it. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, one more segment. Let's look ahead to what they need to do in the offseason. John O. Uh, Johnny O. is here at the O Show. One more segment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders, John Ozier with us. One more segment. One more segment of the O Show. Then it's over. Then it's all yeah. over, John. It's oh, all over. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, when it ends in this league, it ends fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that boy, boy, that's the case. Okay, we look forward. The season's over. They lost the game. What? And I'll and I'll go. I'll tell you what I said. I, if it was me. And by the way, explain the Ridley thing to me. If they try and keep him, what do they owe the Falcons? Do we know uh, yet? They signed him to a long-term extension. It's a second-round. It is a second-round pick. Yeah. Okay. So it's a second. So it's a, is it a second-round pick next year? That's yes. What it is? Yes. Okay, so they so they're not going to sign him to an extension. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think you wouldn't think you would do that, but I, but I, but so he becomes a free agent. They can still re-sign him. Yeah, he, and they he, could tag him if they, they re-sign Josh Allen. Okay, right. then you can use the tag on okay. Calvin Ridley. Because here's what I will tell you, and I, you know, I wouldn't be averse to sign him to an extension. So, uh, I, well, and even give up the second round pick. Yeah. Well. Yeah. To me, the second round pick. If you told me that I'd I'd be guaranteed of. Yeah, I hear you. My second round pick getting the production you got from him this year. Yeah. Um thousand yards. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I And I wonder where you get that if you go pick a guy in the second round, are you are you sure you're getting that sort of danger? And he's gonna be better next year, you would think, because right. he's he he didn't play for a year. I agree with you. I I would like to see Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, Ingram, Trevor, and Travis all back together again. Mm-hmm. I would I would improve the interior of the offensive line. Yep. That would be the one thing I would do. I would improve the interior of the defensive line. 
And other than that, I think they've got a pretty good football team. I think those are the two things to me. Now, listen, if, if, if Rayshon Jenkins is too expensive, you pay Antonio Johnson, play Antonio Johnson there to some little stuff. But I think other than those two interiors of the lines, I don't think there, I don't think I'd make massive personnel changes. Would you? Yeah. Forget about Trent and Press because that's what sure. everybody wants to talk about. Yeah. Personnel you know, stuff. Um, I think I would considering where they are in their careers, meaning the skill guys. Um, I you'd have to talk me out of an offensive lineman, and every time I'm picking early. Yeah, so I totally and, agree. Now totally I'm exaggerating that. that. Obviously, you're not going to. No, take, but I totally. But I get but what you're But that's sort sentiment. of my feel. Is yeah. uh, now if there was an, a defensive interior guy. Uh, that you thought was special, and special always trumps anything in the first couple of rounds. If yeah. if all of a sudden the board falls to you and you think you have special guy, yeah. well then you take special guy because it's impact. But but, but, but it, philosophically, but, yeah. uh, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Yeah, yeah, Hayes. If I told you to John's point, if I told you they signed two offensive linemen in free agency, and seventeen overall is either an offensive or defensive interior guy. And 48 overall, is you'd probably be okay with that. I think you have no choice because you spent this past draft class on some luxury items in the second and third round. And so you can't do that again. I mean, you've got to go get meat and potatoes, trenches, players uh, in both on both sides. I mean, I'd be fine either way. If 17 is a defensive tackle and the second round player is a, is a defensive player, that's fine. I mean, I – as long as the offensive line gets addressed, you know, in free agency. But I think in looking at it, they've got some flexibility in terms of how they want to go about it, and they can play the board and see what's out there in free agency first. But, yeah, I mean, I don't see how any ammunition of any consequence at all this offseason isn't directed at somebody that is a minimum 260-pound player. Yeah, I, I – I... Again, when you're asking, when you're talking about, about this right after the, the day after the season, it's always tough because you don't know how free agency is going to look. And I haven't studied enough to know, okay, are there mid-level free agents that could supplement things? But philosophically speaking, um, interior of the line. Have the Jaguars had success finding an offensive lineman through free agency? Um, it doesn't feel like they have. Well, Sheriff, who yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheriff. I mean, okay. Leon Searcy, if you're going way back, way back. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but, but in this recent incarnation, like Sheriff wasn't as good as what we expected. Yeah, Norwell right. didn't turn out to be good. Zane Sheriff Beatles. was good, not great. Um, that the right guard are the only two they've tried. It's right? hard. I mean, it, it's Isn't that right. That's the only two they've really tried. Yeah. They it's a position that's difficult because yeah. it, most positions fall into this, but to me, offensive line really does. Um, if they're if they're really really good. Teams want to keep them, whereas with defensive line, sometimes you can get guy who's not a great scheme fit, and you're rotating a little more so you can get. They've had more success with that position because it's a little easier to sign a free agency, Malik and Calais, and what you can find that three technique. What veteran guys aren't here next year? Cam Farakasi, they're going to be Rayshon and Sheriff are the guys. When you look at the cap, right? when you look at the cap, the realities of decisions make those four guys, uh, when they signed them, this was the year that they would have to make those decisions. Yeah. So I'd, I, I would be a little surprised. All four, probably. Yeah, and uh, a, 
the cam I struggle with, but the cap's tough. Yeah, and and by the way, of the four, that's that that would be the hardest one for me too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the savings is is pretty substantial. It's sixteen it? and a half million dollars to uh, move on from them, and you've got some pretty big numbers coming up. Uh, you know, Zay Jones is another one. Mm-hmm. You know, you can save four and a half million. We all respect Zay Jones uh, in the player that he is, but I think that's a tough decision for them. Well, you have to. What I don't know because I don't know medical reports. Uh, two injuries this year that lingered. Um, no reason that has to be what he is, but players when they get to a certain point, then injuries start being their theme. Do your medical people tell you that? Hey, those were fluky, or hey, this is what this player is. And I can be wrong, but sometimes that plays into the decision. Uh, saving four and a half million. Um, Boy, I, I, I would not want to bargain basement Zay Jones. What What do you think about Tyson Campbell? Do you is it was he? Do you think it's the injuries and that's why he had a bad year? Do you think he's just not the player maybe we thought he was going to turn into? That again, uh, it's almost like trying to dissect Trevor in a way in the, in the last six weeks. Um, I would guess it's the injuries, and I say that with Trevor first because. I thought he was playing really, really well for three games. I mean, gets hurt in Cincinnati and then didn't play. Well, it's an if-then scenario. Tyson Campbell, I, I was really good last year. Injuries were a thing. I mean, I'm not sure if they, if they were ever not a thing for him this year. Wasn't as good. I've got to believe the injury played into it uh, until something shows me different. And you can say all you want about it. Well, you got to play through injuries. Well, they're not Madden players. You know, injuries when you're trying to play through something – it affects you. So with Tyson, I've got to believe a lot of it was injuries because he struggled. Two other contract questions. Does Josh Allen get a long-term extension this offseason, and does Trevor have to wait a year for his? You know, I I think Josh gets a long-term extension, and I'm, I may be saying that because I firmly believe he should. I think his ceiling – or I should say this. Josh's floor w- – when he's quote unquote struggles, he's still really, really good. So he's very safe to me if he gets nine sacks and you tell oh, it's an awful year. Well, he's still really good everywhere else. He's been reliable. He's everything you want, all that. Uh, Trevor, it's hard to read because I think it's going to be a matter of the team has to figure out uh, he's still got a long way to go. He's still got a, he still has to get better in a lot of areas. Uh, there were things that you're not sure of. Can he cut out the turnovers? At the same time, you don't want – I always say I don't want to see his car leave in the parking lot for the last time. <laughs> you know, so I don't want to be standing there when that happens. So I, I think they probably go to him and say, hey, uh, w- we need to figure out financially what makes sense or we need to wait. Uh, I'm not sure it happens this year after what we saw at the end of the year, but – as soon as I say that, he, I do fervently believe he's going to be the franchise. So, again, a bad answer, but I'm not sure. Yeah, there's no danger of Trevor Lawrence ever not being the quarterback here. I mean, barring injury, right. or barring unless he just collapses and becomes a really. But bad I do think player, it's fair to wonder: Do you give him when, market setting yeah, money? When do you do it? When you haven't seen it yet? Yeah, yeah, and and I think the answer to that is probably no. Right. But I think at the end of the day, that car's never leaving the parking lot. Right. I, somehow, some way, when you have a Trevor Lawrence, you figure out a way 
for the car to not leave the park. Right. And so I don't worry about that. The, the Josh Allen question is a bigger one for me because I think I, there's no doubt in my mind I would pay him. He's to your point about everything you want. That stuff matters. Mm-hmm. He's a he had 17 sacks. Had 17 you know, sacks, and again, yeah. I always go back. Yeah. Oh, he was awful in 2021 or whatever. Yeah. He 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 always is. I always go back to this with Josh. When a defensive player is hurt, I always look first to make sure it's not Josh. Right, right. Because I don't want him out of the game. Uh, and he and 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 everything he brings in the community and respected teammate and and I mean the guys like that don't come along. He's very what you often. want to pay. They're, yeah, that's exactly right. Guys like that just don't come along uh, very often. All right, as we say goodbye. Great job all year. We appreciate it. Interesting uh, final question for you, John. You've done a great job with this, as you always do. It's a weird ending to the season. Yeah. Because I still think they have a good team. They're mm-hmm. still a team with a winning record that has a good team and will be a, and will be a factor moving forward, yet it doesn't feel good, does well, it? That, that Last year felt good even after oh, the yeah. Kansas City game. And I think that's why Doug you – know, he's been around the league, what, since 95? Yeah. And I, th- I think that's why he, he's probably smart to answer the question the way he did today about changes, et cetera. I think so, too. And and probably, not just to be answering it that way, but to be doing it that way, you don't want to, in the first two days after a collapse like that, blame everybody and right. make a bunch of decisions. You want to step away from it and make sure that you're seeing the big picture and not the small picture. Uh, you don't want to stand pat on things that you need to change. But, yeah, it it so soils how you feel about it that, uh, you know, I usually don't get that emotional about it. Last night I woke up a couple of times going, oh, man, what what just happened? Uh, yeah, me And too. you woke up and I got a letter from an email or I got an email from somebody saying, I woke up and I thought it was a dream and then it wasn't. Yeah. And I think we all sort of felt that of, did that really happen that way? Oh, yeah. goodness. You know, and so they're feeling that 10 times more than we are. So that's why you got to step away. Great point. John, great work all year. We appreciate it. Guys, uh, Lauren, thank you. John Ozier from the uh, uh, Jaguars.com. If you're not reading him, you, you've lost your mind. He's the <laughs> best in the business. How about that? Take a break. <laughs> Lauren, one segment to go. Lauren's got news and notes. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Oh, you're going to take me What's going tonight? on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Well, that brightened my mood hearing a little Queen's Fat Bottom Girls. And you know what else brightens my mood? The fact that on Friday we are going to be at UNF for River City Rumble Part 1 as North Florida plays host to JU in men's basketball. That game tips off at 7 o'clock. We'll be there broadcasting from 3 to 6. And it's your chance right now to win a pair of tickets to that River City Rumble. Again, that game at UNF. Be car number 2 at 641-1010. Car number 2, 641-1010. We've got tickets to give away all week long it's going to be an absolutely absolutely fun night at unf all right hayes what was not fun was the jaguars offense this season take it away now hammer time with hayes brought to you by golden hammer roofing and gutters the golden standard in roofing it's so disappointing hearing doug peterson today say that he thinks press taylor did a good job as the play caller uh, the the offense was terrible, and Doug Peterson deserves ownership in this as well. I mean, he's an offensive mind, and he's the head coach. So I'm not trying to make this solely on Press Taylor. 
But I do think the Jaguars have to make absolute significant changes to the offense. I would recommend Doug Peterson calling the plays. I know he doesn't want to fire Press Taylor, uh, but something needs to change in how the offense is run besides just, okay, we're going to get rid of the receivers coach, if that's in fact what ends up happening. When you look at the offensive production, this was a team in the offseason that talked about, well, we're, we feel like we can gain six more points on our points per game. They felt like they could be in the high 20s, 28, 29, which is right around where the Chiefs were when they led the league last year. So last year, the numbers were great. You were 10th in yards. You were 9th in yards per play at 5.67, 5th in interception rate, 4th in sacks, ninth on third down, 20th in red zone, which was shaky, and they averaged 23.8 points per game. All of those numbers dropped this season. All of them. And if that doesn't scare the heck out of you, if you're Shad Khan, then I don't know what will, and I don't know what else you need to see if you're Doug Peterson to reevaluate where you're moving forward with this offense. So this year, they finished 13th in yards, 16th in yards per play, 17th in interception rate, 10th in sack rate, 17th on third down, 21st in red zone, and they averaged 22.2 points per game, so 1.6 points less. That's got to be a concern. I mean, you basically went from being good to elite in everything last year. You add Calvin Ridley, and you become average to awful in pretty much every offensive metric, and you also give the ball away eight more times than you did last year. It just was a massive regression, regression from the quarterback, the offensive line, everybody involved in it, and it's got to lead to something changing. Doug Peterson has to look at this in the next couple of days and say, I can't ignore what the data is telling me, and the data is telling me that our numbers slipped, and if they slip again like this next year because they stick with the status quo, they will be a god-awful offense, and they'll be lucky to win nine games. I think if you look at it, now that we can take a step back, Frank, the Jaguars were fairly lucky to win some of the games that they did last year down the stretch. There's some truth to that. And if you look at this year, the Jaguars ran out of that luck. And they, yes, they had injuries at key positions. Certainly the injuries that Trevor went through, that was terrible. And the fact that the offensive line just underperformed, I think the, the luck ran out. And you were looking at a team that didn't improve as much as it needed to this offseason. They thought that they had all the pieces that they needed. That was not the case. And to Hayes' point, the offense never got to where it needed to get to, and it regressed from a season ago. And so you take the luck out and you add the fact that, that your offensive, you missed completely on parts of your offensive line, and that's what leaves you with a feeling of the Jaguars were in a position to have the number one seed in the AFC. It feels like not that long ago with the Bengals coming to town with a backup quarterback and now to miss the postseason after having a 96% chance to do so. Yeah, they, 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 they were 9-8 and eight both years. They had some really close games down the stretch both, both years. Last year they won them. Last they had two overtime games. Last year they won the overtime game. This year they lost the overtime game. They 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 won some games at the end last year. This year they lost some games at the end. So uh, there weren't all, the difference is last year because they had that momentum late. It felt like they were headed in the right direction. And this year because they failed late, it looks like they're not headed in the right direction. But big picture, they weren't an entire. And Hayes is right statistically they were, but in terms of wins and losses, they're the same team. I mean, the reality is when it was the identical record wins and losses, but I get it. 
I can say that all I want. I'm disappointed. You're disappointed. We're all disappointed because with an 8-3 and three start, it shouldn't have been the same record. That's the point. That, that's the conversation we're all having is it shouldn't have been the same record. And I think, Hayes, when you look at this season, a year ago you felt like the Jaguars came very close to maybe beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. This year, when you compare the Jaguars to the two best teams they played, the 49ers and the Ravens, they weren't even close. So you go into this offseason feeling like you're a lot farther away than you went into this past offseason. Well, and look, we haven't really touched on this either, but it's got to be something that is uh, a, a primary focus for how the Jaguars go about their business and also how they're perceived. Look, you're behind the Houston Texans now. I'm sorry, but you just are. They have a rookie quarterback. They have a rookie edge rusher that you have to think are going to only get better. They have a first-time head coach that you have to think is going to have made some mistakes this year that he isn't going to make moving forward. They've got tons of cap space. So it's not just that you failed. It's that you're no longer even close to being the best team in your division. And you've got to worry about Indianapolis as well. So you're chasing again. You had one year where you were at the top, and we thought it would last for more than just that one year, but it didn't. And, I mean, you can't remain status quo. The Houston Texans lapped you by you remaining in status quo mode. You've got to go do something to catch them. And you've got to hold off the Colts as well. Who I mean, look, I don't know how good Anthony Richardson will be, but if he's good, they just won nine games with Gardner Minshew starting 15 games. And, uh, you know, so to me, that's the other part of this too is there's got to be a sense of urgency. Doug Peterson's like – well, our window is open. What window? How could you possibly view yourself as a contender when you, you see how they played against the 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs, and, and down the line? And you're not even close to being the best team in your own division. So, I, I mean, again, they've got to be bold, big moves this offseason, and go get it if they, wanna, if they want to join those clubs. Yeah, and I, I agree with the last thing you said. They've got to go make some changes. But I – no, I think their window's open. I, I think if you have a young quarterback, a mostly young team, and you just – you had back-to-back winning seasons, most teams in that scenario would think the window's open. I, I don't think that's an unusual thing. I think you would you would think the window's open if that's how you – particularly this franchise, which has never had a window, which hasn't had many open windows, if you will. So I, I would think they would think that. I just went to get the chair for Blue and – stabbed my back on the shelf. Oh, that was no. not the best maneuver for me, but it's fine. The season's over. I can go on IR. Uh, Frank, quickly, the national championship tonight. Yeah, there is a college game tonight. There yeah. is a college, one final college game. You've got Michigan currently as a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington. Is that how you think it goes? Ultimate physical versus finesse game. It's, uh, I think Washington is way better at throwing the football. They're pretty to watch. They throw it all over the place. They play a lot of one-possession games, and they find a way to win them because they, they have one more good passing play than the other guys. Michigan is old school, 23-year-old offensive lineman that will hit you in the mouth and bust you in the mouth. And I generally think the more physical team usually wins the game, particularly in a matchup like this when one's physical and one's finesse. So I think Michigan – I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to – I if, hope so. If, if, if Washington can get it into a 38-35 game, they win. If Michigan can keep it into a 27-17 game, they win. I, I think Michigan wins. I, I like Michigan. I'll say Michigan wins. I do think it will be a really good game. I'll say 32-28, Michigan. That would be a good game. I think somehow, some way, Washington finds the way because they have the better quarterback and they have a really talented receiving core. I think they're they're made for this moment, and uh, I'm going to go against the two of you. 
Uh, but time now to get to today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is the Jaguar fans were fantastic all year. Uh, to see the, the road games that I was lucky enough to attend, to see the, the crowd support there, it really felt like it went up a level this season. Uh, the fans have always been great, but it seemed like they really took it to a higher level. It's unfortunate that the team didn't deliver for them. It, an epic collapse, a lot of questions that will be asked, and basically 245 days, in my opinion, until you can start feeling good about this team again because the only elixir for what happened yesterday is winning regular season games in 2024. I know I'll go out to OTAs and training camp and get excited by what I see, but I will always come back to the collapse of 2023 before I get my excitement and optimism back. Yeah, I think turnovers, Doug hit it today. You can't have that many turnovers and be a good football team. And it's hard to play call when you're turning the ball over. And it's also hard to play call when your offensive line isn't protecting and isn't run blocking well. And that's the major difference between last year and this year. Last year, Travis Etienne, I feel like, could make hay when the sun shone. And this year, there there was not much hay to make. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. You said make hay. I was going to say let's say hey to Blue. They don't say hey. Hey, hey. They don't say hey, though, do they? Does anyone anyone like in Southie ever say hey? If I ever said hey, you know what my dad used to say to me? Hey is for horses. (laughs) And that is a true story. There were certain things I weren't allowed to say, like ain't. I was not allowed to say hey. (laughs) Now do you say ain't? Say it all the time. My dad's in Tampa. He can no longer give me noogies. He doesn't know. He can no longer pound me on the head when I when I say things that he doesn't uh, like. Rick, that was a tough one, bro. That was a tough yeah, one. Yeah, really, was a tough really. one for the city, for yeah. everybody. I, I, I'm still a little bit in a state of shock. I mean, I was convinced all week they'd win. I didn't care if it was uh, Trevor or C.J. Beathard. I just figured they'd go in there and, and win this game. But now, all of a sudden, it's like, what happened? I mean, six in a row it would have been. Their only win is against Carolina, which is clearly the worst team. In pro football, so it becomes a uh, a major letdown. Now you got to try to fix this thing, and you got you got plenty of time, you know. And 108 days to the draft, and what second week of March begins free agency. But I was kind of hoping we'd get something today, just something. But you know, it appears that's not. You expect any kind of changes of significance? I do. Yeah, I do. Like what? I think a coordinator goes. I, I don't think that you can. I just don't think you can look at everyone and say, all right, we were 9-8 and eight in a year ago. We're 9-8 and eight this past year. We're okay. We were injured. Let's just put it all to work and let's be better next year. I, I think in a situation like this, there has to be at least one fall guy. At least one. And I wouldn't be shocked if you see the offensive and defensive coordinators go. My guess is it'll probably just be one there's no way Trent Baalke's going to lose his job. I mean, as much as people out there want that to happen, I, I don't see that being a part of this equation. So uh, my guess is they lose the coordinator. All right. What's coming up tonight? That, all that. All, all that. that. And get ready as well for certainly tonight's game. But uh, obviously the emphasis is on the uh, crushing blow to Jaguar fans yesterday. We'll get into that beginning right now. All right. That's Rick Blue goes into the night right now. Folks, that does it for our program. All Jaguars today, but a lot of stuff we'll talk about tomorrow. More Jaguars. And we'll also talk about tonight's college football championship game and a whole lot more right here. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.